One of the outgrowths of attachment problems is if that attachment has not been properly made, that child is wired by nature to attach to something, okay? If they are not attached well to mom and dad or or whoever it is that is their dependable person in life. Families with Dash offers a balanced parenting approach from generations of tried and true methods combined with research and insights from today. I'm Amelia Murdoch, founder of Dash Into Learning, the popular education company and homeschool mom of four. And I'm Joan Landis, licensed clinical mental health counselor, mom of seven adult children, and grandmother of 16 and counting. And I happen to be Amelia's mom. So what are we going to talk about? We want you to get the benefit of our decades of clinical experience and real life in the family trenches. We offer unique and actionable insights about family life, marriage, and homeschooling. Join us on Families with Dash and become confident and happy parents. So I've been looking forward to this podcast. I have been thinking about this and I'm so glad that my mom can be here with us. So this is Joan Landis, my mom. Right. And the wonderful uh, thing about this opportunity is we've been realizing that there really is a need for some different perspectives about parenting and mothering. And we have kind of a unique combination of uh, factors here that really could be cool for people. And one is uh, we've got three main perspectives here. One is my daughter. Yeah. So I'm kind of the young mom in the trenches you know, I'm there doing it. Homeschooling, mm-hmm. Homeschool. entrepreneur, entrepreneur, wife. Yeah. Right. I'm in the middle of it. So I know how it feels, basically. Yeah. Four little kids. What are the ages of your so kids? So my kids are aged from two to nine, all girls. Right. And then the perspective that I can offer is the long range perspective, a lifetime perspective of mothering and grandmothering. I have seven children that are grown, 15 grandchildren. You know, it's like I'm not a 20 something that's saying this is how to rear your two year old because I've been through this a number of times and I know what works and I know what doesn't work. She has the big picture. You know, a lot of times young moms are like, this worked for this week, but When you see kids grow up and the grandkids grow up and you see the changes in the culture and everything. Right. You've got that bigger perspective, which I think, you know, my community can really appreciate. Right, right, right. And along with that, I also can offer the professional clinical perspective of a licensed clinical mental health counselor, which is what I am. I've been in practice for years. I've dealt with thousands of clients, individuals, and families. So I can bring that third main perspective to whatever problem that we're talking about. Yeah, and this is super exciting. You know, this is a whole layer, super important aspect that we, you know, are really happy that we can provide. And it's going to give us a lot to talk about and a lot to think about. And I think it's going to be really helpful. Yeah, just just a layer of expertise there that, that is not like talking to your best friend over, you know, your favorite drink. So... We are really thrilled to be able to start this podcast series and Dash Into Learning is the corporate sponsor and um, this particular line of podcasts is called (gasps) Families with Dash. Yes, I almost forgot the title. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. All right. 
Do we want to talk a little bit about our overall philosophy about dealing with right. families, children, the whole vicissitudes of life? Right, for sure. So I think it's important to talk about where we're coming from and our philosophy. So we really believe in a balanced approach in parenting. So I'm going to let my mom kind of talk about that. Well, I think what I've been seeing a lot of times on the Instagram parenting accounts. It's a very trendy type of approach. People jump on bandwagons, and I haven't found that to be particularly useful for long-term thinking. One of the things that I'm looking at is, yes, some of the nice, lovely ideas that have come out in the last few years, but balanced with the tried-and-true, lifetime-tested strategies for families that have really been around for generations. So when we talk about a balanced approach, we're talking about not only the empathy and the support, Val- like validating. validating the children's feelings, things like that, super important. But along with that is really healthy boundaries and having parents who are confident in, in what they're doing with their children so that their children can feel confident that mom or dad have, have, have got it and, and that their children can feel safe. Yeah, I think that balance has been really great for me and... I hope that we can share that here in a really, really great way. Yeah. So we want to talk about some things maybe that we wish we would have known when we started out parenting. Oh, right. I know. And we want to talk about um, burning questions that you guys have (laughs) or that, you know, we have seen out there that people are talking about a lot. Um, We want to offer some great resources to you, stuff that we've loved. And we're going to talk about all different types of topics, like everything you can think of when it comes to parenting. Sure. So Yeah, yeah. And I think there's going to be an emphasis on a, a fair amount of homeschool issues, um, a fair amount of um, mental health issues, mm-hmm. a fair amount of survival issues, and uh, just getting really real, but also very creative. Uh, that's something that, that a lot of times people forget being a mom or dealing with kids is creativity can be super important. And so we want to make sure we bring creativity into this too. So you will hear strategies here. You'll hear thoughts here. You'll hear perspectives here that you won't hear other places. Yeah. For sure. So that's kind of our overall what we're doing here with the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about your dependence. Your dependence. Uh, why and how to have your children avoid becoming peer dependent, right? Yep, and why this is such an important topic. Yeah, I mean, when I first started diving into this, I was just like blown away. Blown away. Blown away by how much it made sense and how seriously important it is and also how our culture is doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally right. (laughs) It's really true. Yeah, so uh, peer dependence, it's actually an outgrowth of uh, attachment theory. We're going to talk more about attachment theory another time, but um, one of the ways that I conceptualize uh, families and individuals is through three different lenses. One is the cognitive piece, you know, what what thoughts are going through your mind. You know, we're going to talk about it another, another time. Another one is a trauma-informed type of way of understanding people's behavior. But the third is attachment. Attachment is so important. It's actually a field of study that's been around for about 50 years. It hasn't really gotten out on the street. Most people don't really understand how important attachment is. But 
Suffice it to say, attachment is the relationship that you have with your primary caregiver. It flows over into so many areas of a child's life. If that attachment is not proper, you don't have a proper attachment with your primary caregiver, usually mom, uh, sometimes dad, sometimes grandma, sometimes, you know, caregiver, then that child has great difficulty in a lot of things later in life. So one of the outgrowths of attachment problems is if that attachment has not been properly made, that child is wired by nature to attach to something, okay? If they are not attached well to mom and dad or or whoever it is that is their dependable person in life, then that child pretty frantically looks for something else to attach to. Think of, you know, thousands of years ago, a a little child out on the African savanna by himself, not attached. What's going to happen to him? Yeah, not good. He's going to die. So yeah, you think of like baby ducklings. They'll imprint on whatever is around them first. Right. Because it's so essential that they have something to attach to. Yeah, Yeah. for survival. Exactly. So this is a survival thing that nature has wired into us. So when we talk about attachment, before you go on, there's a catchphrase that we hear all the time as parents, attachment parenting. Now, this is different. Attachment parenting is like you never put your kid down. You sleep with them Mm 24-7. You never leave their side. Now it's... That's not what you're talking about. Well, right? it, that that actually is a that's a practice that some people have adopted because of the attachment research. Uh-huh. Okay, so I like that you brought that but up. But you're not saying that's how no, we have to do no, things. No, that's not what I'm. No, thank you for the clarification. Uh-huh. Yay! Right, and so so the research says that that attachment relationship is super important. Now, how people put that into practice, that's it's different. Right, in different ways. Yeah. Right, right, right. So what we're talking about today is. If your child is not properly attached to you as a parent figure, then what happens is they're frantically looking for attachment so that they're safe. And so if it's not you or, you know, if it's not one of the parents, if it's not a really stable, very stable caregiver, they will necessarily turn to the next group to attach to, and that would be their peers. The peers. The peers. that's what's around them. That's what's around them. Right. Right. And so we might ask, What's wrong with having my child attached to their peers? You know, what's wrong with having kids really love their friends and things like that? And, and that's not what we're talking about, loving their friends. What we're talking about is more just being dependent. Right. Like it's it's basically their world. And that's what guides them. That's what leads them. And yeah. anything else is not important. Right. So, you know, some of the negative parts, right? Right. Of, of peer dependency, right. peer dependence. One of the reasons we don't do it is because it creates kids who are not coachable, not teachable. By the parents. Yeah, for the parents, right. right. So if you have, if you struggle with your child a lot with that, that might be that might part, be of, part the, of the problem. Because right. they can kind of just tune the parents up. Right, they're it's able like, to do that. Yeah, it's like, no, it's, it's whatever my friend wants. Right. Now, a lot of times this actually kind of is latent until mm, age you know, 9, 10, 11. Right. The classic example is your child is so obedient and wonderful at home. And then Mm -hmm. once they really start getting involved with peers, all of a sudden they start kind of changing. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly mom and dad don't have much influence and, you know, you're stupid, you're dumb. And I just want to be with my friends all the time. And they're the ones that they're basically their taste makers, opinion makers. Red flags, red flags when you're, when that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, their goals are now what their peers are doing. Their goals are not what you want. Right. Or what the parents' goals are. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a sign of peer dependence, and it's very negative, right? Right, right. Um, it's actually very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with peer dependence, rather than having a really great attachment with the parents, is that parents 
we hopefully are fully functioning adults. We've made the commitment to our children and we can take care of our children. Okay. We can help them. We can support them. We can provide resources. That's what a parent-child, a healthy relationship looks like. Now, if a child decides, whoa, mom and dad are not emotionally available for me right? for whatever reason, and I need to depend on my peers for that emotional support. The problem with that is that peers are notoriously fickle. Peers are notoriously actually cruel because they're just trying to survive and they will step on other kids. Right, they have, no, they have no commitment. Right. They have no cares. Right. Right. And they also are not able to. I mean, they're not responsible. Right. Exactly. They're a 10 year old kid. Yeah, exactly. I tell my teen clients, I'm like, you know what? You can have friends, your friends can care for you. But it's your parents who can take care of you. Big difference. Big difference. And so the problem with peer dependence is that if you suddenly are putting all your apples in one basket and that's your friends, well, the problem is the friends aren't committed to you. They can dump you at any moment. And then how do you feel? Then how do you feel? You are 0 for 2. You're like, wow, I'm not connected to my parents. feel a little rejected by my parents, a little rejected by me. And now I'm rejected by my friends. What's left? Can I just tell you? It's self-harming behaviors. It's depression. It's depression. It's, it's, right? It's the mental health issues. It's even <coughs> suicide, okay? Because it just feels like there's so much pain there and there's nobody there to help them with those feelings. Right, and everyone's wondering, why is suicide skyrocketing? Right. What's wrong with these kids? Right. Why do we have so much depression, anxiety? This right. didn't happen, you know, when I was a kid 40 years ago. Exactly. But, you know, this peer dependency is almost pushed in our culture right. so much. Right. And parents don't even realize this right. is... It's, it's, it's almost an expectation that, yeah. you know, your child it needs to be, you know, fully attached to their peer group in order to be healthy. And so part of what we're saying is, hmm, let's look at that. Let's really look at that because the research shows that really healthily attached children, they will have friends. In fact, they have more stable relationships with friends with if, when they have a healthy attachment with their parents. But it's not like that is their lifeline. The parents are their lifeline. Their parents are their stability. The parents are their foundation. And kind of like their parent attachment is the cake. And then the friends are the frosting on the cake. And that, that's a healthy way to do it. And so you don't have to fear that what we're saying is um, children should not have friends. That is not what we're saying. What we're saying is that make sure that relationship with your child is a proper attachment first and then keep the relationship with friends in a proper perspective. You have that order, that, that mm-hmm. proper order. Another scary thing about peer dependence is the socially contagious aspect of it. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, and especially with the internet now, everything can become socially contagious within just a short time. You know, when people, you, you hear of these challenges or these trending topics on mm-hmm. TikTok. That's and exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. It, 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 right. And and some of the social contagion is actually, ah, okay, kind of harmless. You know, what, what's the latest? It's wearing a suit to go watch a Minions movie. You know, okay, whatever. But but things like, you know, the, the Tide Pods swallowing yeah, those. Violence, violence. Cutting. Um, any of the, you know, any of the identity things that are going on, those are socially contagious. And children who are not properly attached to their parents or primary caregivers are very vulnerable to that. And, and most of those are not super constructive. 
most of those are fairly dangerous. Right. So that those are the the downsides. They they do have a lot more mental health issues. Here's another interesting thing. The research shows that children who are strongly and have a healthy relationship and attachment to their parents actually do better in school. They're higher achievers and that they do better with their friend group. And that's an interesting finding too. Right. That they actually do better. They do better with achievement Mm -hmm. and they do better in their careers. And the interesting thing is the relationship with their parents is a template that they use for their future relationships with their their significant other as adults. So if there's been something a little bit off in that relationship with mom and dad growing up, it sets them up for failure in their relationships when they want to form a primary relationship and have their own family. Now, does that mean that it's permanent and you're doomed if you don't have a great attachment with your primary caregiver when you're a toddler? The answer is no, you're not doomed, but you will have work to do. And it's the same with your child. If you feel like your child isn't properly attached, it's not the end of the world. Right. You can work now to develop those bonds. And that's what we want to talk about here. Exactly. Is how to do that. Right. Right. So it's definitely not at all like a hopeless thing. But but the more we know and we realize and we see this happening, we can can do things. Yes. We can be more intentional as parents and understand the big picture instead of saying, you know, Bobby did this, Bobby smoked outside, you know, with his friend. Instead of just punishing Bobby for smoking with his friend, the big picture is, hello, why is Bobby so dependent on the uh, friend's approval? Right. Why? Right. Why is he so, desperate to fit in? Right. And that's that's the important thing. And Amelia, you were talking about somebody that yeah, you knew. Yeah, I knew someone that we, you know, was getting into this peer dependence thing and it was really interesting because they said wow this is like very therapeutic for me because as a teenager I had no looking back why did I make all these horrible choices why did why was I so easily manipulated by my peers and into doing bad things into doing bad things like why did I do this I must have been a horrible person like but they're really not a horrible person, and it just made so much sense for them because they said... When they learned about this. When they learned about this, they said, I was just peer-oriented. My life was my peers and not my parents and my family. And it, it just, like, oh, you know, turned on this light bulb about, you know, their life. And it just made a lot of sense for right. this person. So right. I thought that was really interesting. And I think a lot of us can actually kind of see aspects of that possibly right now it is true that adolescents do you know they they are very interested in friends that they really are that's probably you know that's probably a a survival instinct too is that you're uh, you're uh, embarking on adulthood you need to look around for your tribe we get that okay Yeah, and i mean socially you do need to fit in yeah not be an outcast totally right And so it might seem like a subtle distinction to say, yes, have friends, but not be dependent on them. It seems like a subtle distinction, but as you understand the ramifications, you understand that we just need to have a very balanced approach, tip it more on the family attachment, and that actually is going to be a much more beneficial for your children in many aspects of their life. Right. So what are some first steps we can do? Okay. As parents, what are the first steps we can do to build the attachment or make sure, you know, see the signs for peer dependence or, you know, what are right. some first steps? Okay, let's talk about the signs of peer dependence. Yeah. I think that's a really good one. So we can see, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so um, if we're talking about, a, let's, let's talk about a teenager. Okay. So if you've got a teenager that is away from home a lot, mm-hmm. okay, 
So they're in they're in a public school situation. So they're away from home a lot. They're doing sports, after school activities, after school activities, evening activities, evening activities. Friends. Right. They're not having family dinner, and and the parents are way busy with their obligations. That you just are not spending time together, and your teen, frankly, doesn't care. It's like, oh, that's fine. Then that's probably I can tell you more than probably that is a problem. And they're spending a lot of time on their phone. Uh-huh. They are around the internet, you. right? Screen, right. screen, screens, right? Like anything to avoid, right? Being an emotional connection, with, right? With the family, right? And so, if they're sitting in the room and they're texting all their friends instead of communicating with their, you know, siblings and parents, Houston, we have a problem, right? Yep. So that's one thing. Another thing is just when that when their peer group, when it looks like that, there's political shifts in their peer group. Like, oh, wow, you know, so-and-so, you know, hasn't gone shopping with me or, you know, no one invited me to hang out. And they're pretty devastated by that. That's, you know, being uncomfortable is probably normal, but being devastated is not. And not being able to bounce back. Right, right. And and just, you know, uh, ruminating about it and... So, like, how, how early could you see this happening? Well... I mean, would you usually say this is like 12 plus or like, hey, you know, we see eight year olds doing this? See, it depends on the peer dependence. Yeah. If you've got a child that has been, for instance, in a lot of, you know, group care situations where they have not been able to properly attach to the caregiver, you'll find this peer dependency very early. It could be as early as preschool or kindergarten. Mm -hmm. You know, if Bobby doesn't like me, if so and so was mean to me, it's not just a momentarily uncomfortable it's devastating it's i don't want to go back or i'm folding up or i just want to play video games or or i'm going to hit people so you think also that a traditional school situation doesn't mean your kid's going to be peer oriented you can do you can you can be in a traditional school situation and still watch for those signs Mm -hmm. and develop that attachment and they're still in that traditional school situation. Part of what attachment requires is time. Mm-hmm. You just have to have the time. Right. Okay. And, you know, we used to talk about quality time and quantity time. Yeah. Um, you, you need both. Right. right. It, you know, it's, it's kind of like food. You can have really quality food, but you have to have enough. Yeah, if you don't have enough, you're still going to be right. starving. And, and so uh, attachment really requires quality and quantity and so if you are in a traditional school situation, suddenly there's eight hours of the day that's off, off, the, off, your, off the table. And so if that's happening, then when that child is home, you have to be very intentional about connecting with them on a feeling level and, and things like that. And so that's, I think, a lot of where we're getting our problem is that a lot of people assume that if their child is at school all day, that's good because they're, they're dealing, you know, they've got friends. Well, no. Yeah, that's actually the problem. Right. If if that's their life. Right. And so, so don't don't misconstrue that. Understand that if they have been in that jungle of peer peer dependence all day, that they need desperately to reconnect with their parents, uh, you know, and primary caregivers when they get out of that. It's it's huge, Um, and it needs to be balanced. If you've got eight hours in that group situation, really think in terms of, does my child really need to be in three different sports right. afterwards? Right. Maybe they just need to be at home. Yep. Maybe they just need to be doing family activities. Maybe they need the pressure to be off. Maybe they need 
those peers to be in the background for the next eight hours so that they can recalibrate, you know, what they, what they're doing. Right. So, you know, that, um, I'm, I'm a big advocate of Charlotte Mason. This is my kind of homeschool philosophy. And I love looking back at traditional educational philosophy and seeing how it applies to stuff my mom talks about. I think <laughs> it's really interesting. And I love what she said. She had this really great thing. Like she's a huge advocate of mothers and parents mm-hmm. being with their kids. Mm-hmm. And she has this quote that I, th- that I think is great. It kind of applies to this. She says, the rule of parents cannot be deputed. The king may rule by deputy, but here we see the exigent nature of the parent's functions. He can have no deputy. Helpers he may have, but the moment he makes over his functions and authority to another, the rights of parenthood belongs to that other and not to him. So I think that's, it's really interesting. You know, she's basically saying like, you can't like do it halfway. Like you, like the attachment has to be the parent or the child will seek it somewhere else. That's right. Yeah, you can't farm it out. Right. This is your job, yep. and it's your privilege. There's nothing like a properly attached child to be a joy. And that's that's the interesting thing. Yep. Properly attached child is easy to parent. For sure. So, yeah. Easy to parent. They're coachable. They're coachable. They're, they're, inter- influ- they're interested in what you want. Yes. And that makes all of the difference. Yes. And a, an insecurely attached child is really extremely difficult to parent. It's the most difficult thing to do. So what I tell my clients is, as a young parent, do everything that you can to spend time with your child, exactly. to connect emotionally with them, to be supportive, to um, you know make sure you're there when they're distressed and you're comforting them, you're soothing them, you're helping them to talk things out when they get back to baseline, and, and that you are the go-to resource for comfort. Right. That is, that's the main indication of attachment, that when they're distressed, who do they go to? Do they go to their friends? Right. Or do they go to a sibling? Or do they go to you? And the question is, are we too busy as parents? Right. And that's really what it comes, I think, is so much of the problem. Are we too busy to not be there? Right. And I want to go back to Charlotte Mason. She has this really good quote. So she has this kind of <laughs> analogy that the, the child, the baby, is this jewel. Mm-hmm. This is this special jewel. Mm-hmm. This should be the thing that we're focused on. This should be the most important thing in mm-hmm. all of society, mm-hmm. right, basically. And then she says, The busy parent, occupied with many cares, awakes to find the authority he has failed to wield has dropped out of his hands. Perhaps has been picked up by others less fit. And a daughter is given over the charge of a neighboring family, while mother and father hunt for rare prints. So basically saying the mother and father are off doing something less important than taking care of their jewel. And it easily, you'll just wake up and realize someone else is raising my kid. Right. So. Which is, which is why parents will walk through my office door. Yep. Exactly. They're like, oh my gosh, we're having so much problem with our child. And I'm, I'm listening and I'm like, yep. mm -hmm." And, and check, check, check. All of the things are lining up that that child in a lot of ways is often very peer dependent. And it's just a, it's a cultural thing. The, the culture yeah. says, you know, get your kid in preschool, get them socialized. Right. Well, Activities, that's sports. right, right. All these things away from. And also I think parents will are drawn to that because they are busy and sometimes selfish. And they're like, I want to do my own thing. And look, my kid is happy over there with the friends right. doing sports, but we have to not let that. Happen. Yeah, we have to. and and sometimes it's survival. Yeah, you know it's. Yeah, I'm not I, saying I mean, everyone's selfish. But I mean, every <laughs> you know, yeah, working right, 
Right, to survive. Right, and, to survive. And, uh, I mean, as a mom of seven children, including a set of twins, I get it. It's, yeah. it's, it's survival. There are times that you just are whatever it takes to survive. And, and if things are kind of in crisis mode for a very short time, we get it. Yeah. You know, that's all right. But as a, as a lifestyle choice for your family, if you want your children to be easy to parent... Make sure they're properly attached. Yeah. Make sure you've spent that precious time that you they've imprinted on you, like exactly. the ducklings. Exactly. They've imprinted on you and not on the TV, not on their peers, right. not on the culture. I mean, it's like the difference between, you know, the hired the hired shepherd and then the actual shepherd. Right, right. right. The hireling the, versus the right, shepherd. The hireling. They're not... The, the sheep don't really care because they don't spend time with them. Right. The shepherd cares. The shepherd spends the right. time. And it's and gives easy. his life yeah, for the and sheep. The, yeah, and the sheep will easily follow, follow. the shepherd. Right, right. So when yeah. we think of it like that, we will have such right. an easier family right. and yeah. more successful. Yeah. And so. So, okay, so let's just talk some bullet points, things that you could do that would help uh, your children to properly attach yeah, and to I you. Think, I think we'll do another episode sure. where we really know. get into this. I know, We're almost I know. done here, but I think, you know, here's some quick ideas that yes. we can do, but I think we'll definitely get into this because it's, yes. it's very broad and we have yes. lots of creative ideas on right, this. Right, right. Um, so, so um, you know, th- this is the ideal. And never be scared of the ideal. Never let the ideal make you feel inferior, right. Okay. Um, the, you know, stars are, uh, I mean, goals are stars to guide you by, not sticks to beat yourself with. Okay. Um, and ideals are good because then it helps us shoot for things. So the ideal would be when your child is very small to spend a lot of time with them and even, you know, carry them around. Don't just put them in swing sets and, and things like that. Try to have them, you know, be against your body that is a good thing. Now, if you're going nuts, then of course, don't don't do it that much. But the m- think about how thousands of years ago, how little kids were on the hips of their mothers. That's a good thing. I have no problem with co-sleeping with children. I think that that's yeah. probably extremely healthy that's in a I, lot of that's ways. That's what I did with all my kids. Same with I me. Mean, the you can do it. You know, there's safe ways to do it. Right. And I think it's important. The main thing is don't be drunk. Right. Don't be high on drugs. Right. Those are the things that, that actually are super risky yeah. with co-sleeping with and children. you know, if you have a preemie, don't right. do it with a preemie. Right. But, um, you know, you can look into how to do it safe. Right. And I think that was one of the best things I did yeah. from, with my with my babies. Little ones. Yeah, the little little tiny babies. Right, yeah, right, right. We, we um, right. you know, it was so much bonding there. Mm-hmm. And I totally got rid of the pressure of, I have to get this right. baby to sleep. It, right. They just slept. Yep. Yep. Um, and then um, not too many babysitters. Don't have lots of babysitters. Um, you need to be that primary caregiver, whoever it is. Assigned dad, assigned mom, assigned grandma. That primary caregiver will be the person that they attach to. And so yeah. just understand that. If you are hiring somebody else, if you're saying, you know, I'm going to let the dad be a full-time dad, you know, great. But... You have to understand that is who your children will imprint on. That's who they will attach to. Just understand what's going on there. And that attachment will be important to yeah. keep and maintain. And right, right. My husband and I were getting really, really, really busy with our companies. We both run our own companies. We were like, well, let's just hire a babysitter every afternoon for five hours. No big deal. We're with day. We homeschool. Like, they're going to be fine. And What'd you find? Can I <laughs> tell you? It was like a night and day shift. Yeah. Like, I had to keep 
after every time the baby, the babysitter was amazing. She was like the best babysitter. You could and it was ever. in your home. Yeah, and it was, it was in like a little in home nanny. Yeah, yeah, and so you know I would see them once in a while, um, but it was just kind of night and day their behavior. Their behavior. I had to constantly be reorienting them and like re you know setting those boundaries way more often and everything when I had this babysitter five hours a day every day and I. My husband and I just finally said, this is not worth it. Like, we right. just can't, can't, we just can't do this. This isn't good for them. Um, you know, they would spend a lot of time, you know, just not with us. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even all day, every day, but mm -hmm. it just, it really made a huge difference. So mm -hmm. we stopped doing that and it's back to our normal, amazing, right. happy kids right. that listen to us. But, but just, just understand that the more intentional parenting time and connecting on a feeling level with your kids, having fun with them. And, and that is such an important thing for the roots of their attachment. Um, those roots will eventually grow into a fabulous tree and bear great fruit. But you as the parent need to be very carefully tending those little seedlings, those little saplings, making sure they're properly rooted and connected, you know, to you. And so that, that would be uh, okay, kind of where I would like to wrap up today. Yeah, so I think we can talk about um, applying this in a practical way next mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And we're going to leave you guys with that to think about right. and how important it is. And we want we want you to know that these are ideas, mm -hmm. and we talk about the ideal, mm -hmm. but we know everyone has their own situation, mm -hmm. and everyone has to figure it out, mm -hmm. and it's not going to look the same for everyone. And that's the great thing. Yeah, every family has its configuration. And what we can bring to you is experience, creativity, and some research to yeah. back up some thoughts. And then you make that, you know, you make that call. So, all right. Okay. It's been great. Okay, we'll see you later. Yay! Bye. Yeah. Find more from us at dashintolearning.com for all things educational and learn more about Dash into Happy, our family-friendly social-emotional learning program. Thanks for being part of Families with Dash. Disclaimer, the information and advice posted on the Dash Into Learning, Dash Into Happy, and Into Happy sites and podcasts is for educational purposes only and is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional, medical, mental health, legal, or other professional assistance. Call your medical or mental health professional or 911 for all emergencies. Joan Landis, Amelia Murdoch are not liable for any advice or information provided on the account Dash Into Happy, Dash Into Learning, Families with Dash, or Into Happy.